Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Belem, Machida versus Anders. And man, Leona Machida, you know, he just got knocked out by Brunson. Now he's coming back for some more against Eric Anders. You know, he needs that little nice little six-figure paycheck, you know, to take care of his family. And uh, it's a matter of Anders is too green or not. It's a big step in the competition, no matter how big he is, no matter how hard he is. And uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, just imagine you beat a dude named Marcus Perez, and they call you, and you're fighting Leota Machida, main event in Brazil. Uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, the biggest fight he's been in since that fucking NCAA championship uh, with Bama, you know what I'm saying? But he's been under the bright lights before, right, Shaq? Yeah, he's performed under the, the lights. He's been in some big situations in terms of sporting events, so this shouldn't be anything new for him. Yeah, and uh, just to recap last week... I got back on track. My boy Shaq's already in the profit for 2018, but I got back on track with a nice max bet winner on Nico Price, and even Nico's worst-case scenario was enough to make George Sullivan quit. And that's the definition of a max bet. Your worst-case scenario still has to be able to beat the guy, and uh, that was the case. I mean, I watched the fight, Nico look like shit to be honest but i mean it still didn't matter <laughs> it didn't matter at all and uh he took care of biz and you know max best season is going to continue we got a nice dog play on this card but next card uh let's just say uh max bet season uh, I, I can smell it in the air and i mean since july in terms of straight max bets um I can't tell you the the last time, at least when we agreed that on a consensus, we, on max, a consensus max bet. The last time we lost, and you know, I looked at my stats since July, and I've only lost one max bet, and that was a parlay. So in terms of straight max bets, I'm undefeated. And in terms of consensus max bets, with Shaq and I both agreeing, we're also undefeated. So uh, definitely uh, sign up for that VIP <laughs> package. You know what I'm saying? And for those listening now, you know because. Listen, uh, people are saying, oh, your membership fees are too expensive and this and that. If you're a $10 better, we don't want to deal with you. If you're a $20 better, we don't want to deal with you. But if you're in a $100 better, if you're in a $1,000 better, you should sign up today because listen, after you cash this underdog play that we're about to give you this weekend, if you're in a $100 per unit better, you're going to win $500. bucks. we are going to run a promotion right now. Normally, it costs 60 to sign up for the event. We're going to give it to you for 50 So if you win 500 off this bet, you can't give us 50 back and you profit 450 That sounds like a pretty fucking good deal to me, Shaq. For sure, man. And you're dealing with people that are 100% dedicated to this. What are we doing all day, every day? Watching fights. It's all about fighting. That's all my life consists of. And that's what I'm focused on. And now you're going to get a guy that's already focused on UFC 221, already knows what, he's, uh, knows what he wants to play. My clients, they get a week ahead of notice sometimes. You know, I, I'm always in contact with my clients. Anyone can email me, message me, and I'm going to respond. So sign up for that VIP package. But my individual package is still booming right now. And we got the basic package as well. Indeed. But if you want my cell phone number, you want to talk to me personally, you know you got to hit up that VIP because I'm very happy to help. But more importantly than that, let's start this. Let's do this fucking car start to finish, man. It's a good one. They hooked us up. So we'll hook them up. Davison Figueredo Alcantara. He's minus 150. The comeback on Joseph Morales is plus 130 now. This kid, Joseph Morales, he's undefeated, but Davison Figueredo is also undefeated. As we know, Shaq, everyone's got to take that first L, and as long as this fight's not a draw or a no contest, someone will take that first L. I personally think Joseph Morales has never seen anything like this before in his life, and I think he will take his first L, but I'll describe my breakdown after you, man. So what do you think, Davison Figueredo or Joseph Morales? I mean, Morales is a tough kid. He's got some very, seems like he's got some good jiu-jitsu. He's a, a brown belt. Um, training at Alpha Male. He trains with Cody Garbrandt, 
you know, we already know the roster that Alpha Male has. So he's around the correct people. He's around guys that have, you know, been there, done that. But uh, in terms of the skills across the board, I think Davidson hasn't beat everywhere. I think Davidson's honestly on a top 15 level. I think that Dave, the, Brook, the fight between Davidson, Alcantara, and Jared Brooks, that was a high-level fight. Now, I'm not saying Joseph Morales isn't high-level. I just still think he's young. He's green. He hasn't experienced anything as strong as Davidson. You know, Davidson, he likes to go for a lot of guillotines, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty nice guillotine. And, you know, granted, if I was betting on Davidson, I wouldn't want him playing that game with an alpha male guy, you know, going for guillotines. But um, I just think Davidson hasn't clearly beat on the feet even though you know he does get a little wild but the force on the shots i don't know how the guy makes 125 and i think he's he way, cries to make 135 he's 25 way, actually way bigger so i think when he gets those hand that body lock i think he's gonna muscle joseph morales down every single time and i think he has the advantage on the feet so i'm gonna go with davison i might actually say a finish um like a second round finish but uh it is a situation where it could be first L time. So, I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to sit back and enjoy, but uh, I'm going to go with Davidson. You know, Joseph Morales, he, he likes to get into a lot of scrambles, and he kind of reminds me of like a Lewis Smolka, you know, and that might work in certain spots. That might work when you're fighting, what was the name of his last opponent? Roberto Sanchez. That might work when you're fighting fucking Roberto Sanchez, but now you're taking on a top 15 guy in Davison Alcantara, and I don't think that's going to work here. I think Davison's got him beat everywhere. It's just about, you know, people like to talk about Davison gassing, but man, Davison was going strong in that third round. You saw that fight in his UFC debut against Psycho Beltran when he knocked him out at the end of the second round. And even his last fight with Jared Brooks, he came back to win the third and final round, which was the deciding round on the judges' scorecards. And I know it was a controversial decision and this and that. And at the time, I couldn't believe it. But when you and I went back and rewatched it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Don't get me wrong. I still I st- think Brooks won, but it was it was up in the air. Brooks won, but it wasn't the robbery of the century like we initially thought. It was a pretty damn closely contested fight. And here, you know, this is a step down in competition for Figueredo. This is a spot where I think he's going to go out there and win. Uh, you know, that guillotine choke he's been looking for in all of his fights, I think he gets that here. I'm going with Davis and Alcantara via guillotine choke. Chick fight, Pollyanna Vienna. She's minus 400, and the comeback on Maya Stevenson is plus 325. Now, Maya Stevenson, she's the wife of Joe Stevenson. They got a couple things in common. Both uh, get brought in to lose a lot. Both jobbers. She's plus 325, making her UFC debut in Brazil. Now, I got a little stat for you, Shaq. The combined record of all the opponents that Maya Stevenson has beat is 0-13. Now, she's taking on a chick that's 9-1. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? If... She were to get this win, the combined record of all the opponents she'd beat would all of a sudden turn it into 9-14, and 14, which is still a losing record. But uh, between you and me, Shaq, uh, we, we know the deal here. It's a sacrificial lamp situation. Yeah, you know, if Pollyanna Viana was minus 175 or less, this would be Max best season. Um, I just think Maya Stevenson does not have what it takes skill-wise or mentally to compete at this level. I think the promotion that she came from previously, Gladiator Challenge, is exactly what you just said. It's a bunch of, you know decent fighters fighting bums gladiator challenge is like all the opponents that they fight is like and 0-25 you know what i'm saying the ted worthingtons of the world and i think that's what she's been fighting and i've seen her get knocked out by 1-0 japs and uh king of the cage um lost to daniel taylor uh and king of the cage and i just don't i think Pollyanna has her beat everywhere especially on the mat like Pollyanna's super long for 115 now granted do i think Pollyanna's is going to go out here and long term be a future champion probably not she'll probably never touch that belt in her life but uh i think she's got maya stevenson beat i would never recommend playing maya stevenson in any spot 
or this spot. So, Pollyanna, I'm going to say decision. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with Pollyanna as well. Uh, you know, Maya Stevenson, her last fight on the Ultimate Fighter, she lost to a 2-2 two and two fighter, okay, Shaq? Now, I know Sajara Eubanks is officially ranked number one in the world, but between you and me, she ain't number one in the world. Uh, those flyweight rankings are a complete disgrace. They're a joke. I cannot fucking believe them. They got... Look, when Jessica I is a top 10 fighter, when Paige Van Zandt is a top 15 fighter, when 2-2 two and two Sajara Eubanks is number one in the world... Jillian Robert, Robertson is a top 15 <laughs> That's fighter. when you know what kind of a fucking joke those rankings are and that two and two fighter absolutely schooled Maya Stevenson I think this nine and one fighter is going to do the same thing and speaking of which Pollyanna man you know she uh she can knock chicks out I've seen her knock chicks out with my own eyes a UFC fighter and Amanda Rebus who recently got popped but hey she was about to fight Juliana Lima Viviana or Pollyanna knocked her out bro you don't often see chicks knocking other girls out so when you do you have to take note of it and also we've seen her pull off some Dubronx style submissions she'll dangle off that neck so this is showcase time. Uh, I got a uh, Pollyanna Vienna. Now, next up in the bantamweight division, Joe Soto. He's minus 120, and the comeback on Yuri Alcantara is plus 100. Very interesting fight. Both very unpredictable fighters. Which way are you leaning? You know, after Yuri's last fight, though I think he's done, yeah, I think he's definitely on the tail end. I mean, the guy's 37, 38 years old. Um, Joe Soto is a solid UFC fighter on his best day. You know, he can go five rounds with TJ or, um, or you know, drag Honey and, you know, paint, his, paint the octagon red with the Honey's blood. But In Brazil. In Brazil. Um, the thing with this fight is, you know, a lot of people, you know, fall into that trap. Yuri's done. Yuri's done. But the thing is, Soto is that type of guy where the flukes happen to. You never know what you're going to get from Soto. If you bet on Soto versus Brett Johns, who would have fucking saw that shit coming? You know, Joe Soto's the EBI veteran. He's the the high-level black belt. And, you know, he gets knee-barred. And, you know, when he fought Anthony Burchek, I'm not saying he, he quit. But, I mean, that's those type of things happen to guys like Soto. You know, I'm not a fan of his style. I think he's a tough guy. But, I'm, you know, just the shell-up style, move forward, eat shots. You know, granted, it's worked out for him in the past, but enough for me to bet it. No, I'm going to go with Yuri, actually. I'm going to go with Yuri by finish. I think he's just going to, you know, have that energy from the crowd. I think Soto's going to be doing his thing early. Then all of a sudden, Yuri will land a left high, straight left, and get the job done. Yeah, and I'm going to go the opposite way, man. I am going to go with Joe Soto here. I feel like if Brett Johns were to fight Yuri, you know, don't be surprised if Brett Johns uh, calf sliced Yuri Alcantara too, man. I mean, the kid's 14-0 and for a reason, one of the top prospects in that division. And you look, how many times is Yuri going to let you down, man? You know what I'm saying? One of the most exciting fighters in that weight class, but always drops the ball. Remember that time when he fought Frankie Sines in Brazil and he was like minus 1,000? You remember what happened there? And uh, in this spot, it's going to be interesting because Joe Soto, he loves to shell up and I feel as if the knee could be a big weapon for Yuri Alcantara. It's just that you can't rely on Yuri Alcantara to actually let things go, especially at this age. So I actually think that Joe Soto is going to come out here and scrape scrape out a decision, man. And I think the takedowns will be very effective here. I'm going to go with Joe Soto via split decision. Tim Means, he's minus 220, and the comeback on Sergio Serginho Moraes is plus 180. Now, uh... I know Tim Means let down a lot of people in that last fight against Bilal Muhammad. He didn't let us down, but he let a lot of other people down. You uh, you think he gets back on track here? You think Sergio's going to rebound from that knockout loss to Kamaru? Well, firstly, I think the line's completely off, you know, considering Tim Means' history, especially his history on the mat. I mean, he is a quick tapper. He definitely, his wrestling is definitely lacking. His jiu-jitsu is definitely lacking. But then he's so inconsistent. You know, sometimes he'll, you know, take down Alex with ease and then, 
the next minute, the next fight, you know, he's getting body locked and, you know, tapping out real quick. So he's a flaky guy, a guy that I definitely, you know, wouldn't trust, especially at this line. And, you know, Sergio, I think that, you know, his best days are behind him. I do think his best days are behind him, but I still think he's a solid fighter. I think the guy beat him. He beat Omari. He beat Magni. He beat Otto. He beat Davi Ramos. He's got some solid wins. Now, if this fight hits the mat, it is a landslide. I think if this fight hits the mat one time, I think Serginho can get him out of here. But we know that Serginho did just get knocked out by a stiff wrestler his last fight. Granted, I thought uh, some of those exchanges were very entertaining. The openings are definitely there for me. It's just a matter of who gets it, in, who can keep it in their world. If Serginho keeps it on the mat, but I think Serginho can threaten him more, on, can threaten him on the feet as well. I mean, we saw Serginho knock out Omari. We've seen Serginho throw some big, heavy shots. So I'm gonna go with Serginho actually in this one by finish. I think Tim Means is flaky. I think he's inconsistent. I think he's up and down. When we really think about it, who's he beaten? I'll tell you right now who he's beaten. He's beaten Bernardo Magalhães, Justin Salas, Hernani Perpetuo. Marcio Alexandre Jr., Diego Lima, George Sullivan, John Howard, Sabah Homasi, and Alex Garcia. I've never heard of any of those names in my life. And, you know, that's who he's beaten. That's exactly who he's beaten. So, like I said, the guy really hasn't done anything, but, you know, he's a fan favorite. And I feel like he's a guy that had potential back when he was fighting, you know, Matt Brown and Sullivan, but that potential's run out now. That potential's uh, over with. You know, Bilal put a. Put a, outclass them in every aspect of the game, and I think uh, Sergino at dog money should definitely be uh, considered by a lot of people. Yeah, this is a completely a dogger pass situation. Look, Tim Means, he's super entertaining. I like his hand fighting. I love watching him fight. But, you know, people acting like he's some future world champion need a fucking big reality check because he ain't even a tough future. He ain't even a future top 15 guy, Shaq, okay? So, look, with Sergino Marais, I read you Tim Means wins. Let me read you Sergino Marais wins, even though you already told us. Neil Magny, first round finish. Omari Ahmedov, third round finish. Davi Ramos, unanimous decision. You, you, you see what I'm saying here? He's beat legit guys. He's a legit fighter. Not that Tim Means ain't, but come on, man. You know, Sergino Marais is actually going out there and being real dudes. And, uh, you know, I know everyone thinks on the feet it's a mismatch. I disagree, man. Don't get me wrong. He could. Tim Means could put him out, but... I disagree. I think Tim's the better striker, obviously. Sergino swings big exactly. bombs, man. Don't don't be shocked yeah. if he rocks them. Tim's gotten wobbled his last two fights. Bilal wobbled him, and Alex Garcia wobbled him in that first round, so... He, I think he's on the decline. And if I he, think, like, I, like, you know, his whole USADA thing. Yeah, like, I wanted to talk about that, I, too. I think, he's a, I think he's a cool guy. I'm a, I'm a fan of Tim Means. I like his style, but let's be honest here. The guy, he's on the decline. He, he's a victim of USADA. His body ain't looking the same these days. You know, he's he's... He's always had that little wobble to him, you know, that little freeze up, but he's been able to get away with it. But this might be the spot where he doesn't get away with it. I'm going to go with Sergino Marais via mounted triangle, man. You know, I, I just think that as soon as this fight hits the map, there's such a significant advantage for him that uh, he's going to he's gonna tap out Tim Means, who loves to tap out at any threat of the limb or the neck. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go with Sergino for the upset here. Now, speaking of upsets... We got Alan Patrick. He's minus 235, and the comeback on Demir Hadzovic is plus 195. Now, shout out to my boy Demir cashing that plus 275 against Marcin Held when he knocked him the fuck out with that knee, you know, practicing that jab knee in the back room all fight week long, and then coming out there and executing it on fight night in Europe. I mean, that's how you get your first UFC win. But now they're flying the kid out to Brazil. He's taking on Alan Patrick. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Shaq. Has Alain Patrick really not fought since the Stevie Ray fight? Yeah, he hasn't. Wow, so Alain Patrick's coming off a serious layoff because, as you know, uh, 
Stevie Ray's whole career turned around since that point. You know what I'm saying, man? And uh, so now it's about, is Alan Patrick going to, you know, is he going to do his best uh, dry humping impersonation here against Demir Hatsovich, or is Demir going to find the opening for that big knockout? Yeah, you know, I won't uh, put too much stock in the layoff. I mean, we've been seeing guys come back from four or three years and winning, you know, so I wouldn't put too much stock in the layoff. Um, Alan Patrick is what he is. He's a Brazilian weasel. He's not looking to fight. He's looking to... Um, you know, as we like to say it, I didn't know he was a, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's just a, that's how he fights. You know, he's super wild on the feet, just throws himself in these grappling exchanges with the Stevie Rays of the worlds and the, the Damian Browns of the worlds. And, you know, Dam- uh, Demir Hatchevich might be on their level when it comes to on the map, but on the feet, Demir has the edge clearly, in my opinion, even though Patrick does have some like hard left kicks to the body. My thing is the cardio when, when Alan starts to get tired, he, he starts to do what I call the, you know, the typical Brazilian tendencies. They start flopping. They start, you know, pulling guard, going for leg locks, trying to just find ways out the fight just to survive. And a lot of times they get they get away with it. Stevie Ray is just not on that level. Now, Demir, he has been practicing those knees. He's uh been, uh you know, hanging around my my uh oh man douglas lima he's been hanging around douglas lima my former boy uh, my former boy. <laughs> oh, i don't even know what to say about that guy but um <laughs> is he gonna pull a douglas lima <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh <laughs> is he gonna have the fight in the back then flop to his back but uh demir i think if he keeps it's the same thing with Sergio and tim means in my opinion if alan can get it to the mat he should have his way because like we know that Demir's ground game is lacking. You know, we saw Hell take him down several times, have his way with him on the mat, even on the feet sometimes. But I would, I would, I'm gonna attest it to the fact that he's so worried about the shot and you know his little rolls and shit. But at the end of the day, Marcin Hell got his ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Marcin Hell went to the fucking fifth. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, so I'm gonna go with Demir in this one. Um, plus one ninety, I think the line's way off, especially for a guy you know like Alan, who, like I said, when things don't go his way. He's going to start rolling for leg locks. He's going to start flopping. He's going to start to just hold on so he can make it to the decision Make it to the decision so his uh, fellow Brazil countrymen can score it for him. So it's a fight you know, might want to stay away from, but I think there's solid value on uh, Demir, and I'm going to go with Demir by knockout. Man, I would love to see Demir come out here and get that knockout. Nothing would make me happier, but I got to go with my gut on this one. I do think that... Uh, Alan Patrick is going to dry hump him for three rounds. But listen, don't get me wrong. If at the end of that second round, Alan Patrick is feeling that layoff, if he's huffing and puffing, if uh, you know Mario Yamasaki isn't the ref and we got an American in there and he starts standing them up because you know the new rules, you can't just lay on someone anymore, right? So uh, if the cuddling ain't working for Alan Patrick, don't be surprised if he takes a canvas nap. And nothing will make me happier than see my boy Demir get another big upset. But gut is saying that Alan Patrick is at least going to grind out two out of the three rounds and take home that decision. So uh, I'm going to be rooting for Demir, but I I think Patrick is probably going to win a 29-28 here. Marlon Chito Vera. He's minus 125. The The comeback on Douglas... Silva, De Silva, DeAndraj is plus 105. Now, Shaq, you know, Marlon Vera, he went from fighting Brad Pickett. He knocked him out in the third round in England. He takes on Brian Keller. He taps him out in the first round in Long Island. And then they're like, you know what? We got this prospect here. Let's not keep building him up slowly. Let's go feed him to John Lineker in Brazil. And I'll tell you what, when, we, when you talk about feeding someone to John Lineker in Brazil, Marlon didn't take a knee or nothing. Marlon didn't uh, go down like a bitch. Marlon came back and he won the third round. So, I mean, compare how he's been looking now. 
you know, since he's been training at Team Oyama compared to the Ecuador days, it's night and day. It's a, complete, it's a completely different guy. I do think the finished product of Marlon Vera takes out a guy like Douglas uh, Silva de Andrade. It's just about, is he his finished product yet? Is this the finished version of Marlon Vera? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, I think Douglas Silva is, you know, definitely on the... Uh, first of all, the guy is not 32 years old. He's definitely like 42. You know how those uh, Brazilian birth certificates It's are, like the Cuban uh, birth certificates. Yeah, you know, they, they're, My they're, boy Hector ain't 38. Yeah, you know, He's off, 58. They're off by like 10 years. So Douglas Silva, the Andrade, is definitely in his late 30s or upper 40s. But um, in terms of the fight, Douglas Silva's only lost... What's, what's his record? 24-2? and two? Boxing record. Solid guy. But he's a, he's a typical Brazilian. Just stand in front of you, trade low kicks, and throw big heavy shots. He's like a more watered-down version of Lineker, but he's not as tenacious as Lineker. He doesn't hit as hard as Lineker, and he's just not as good as Lineker. Now, that was a good experience for Cheeto going against Lineker, and I feel like it was a case of he was waiting to see how hard he hit, and he felt it, and you know he lost the first two rounds. The third round was close. I, he scraped it out, but it was, it was close. And, um... As far as the fight goes, you know, I think Cheeto might have a little bit of a problem with letting it go, pulling the trigger. Um, you know, in the Pickett fight, even though I wouldn't say Pickett was up too, but it, granted, that was his first fight at Oyama, so I'm going to give him an excuse. Give him an excuse for that one. One week short notice. Exactly. I'm, I'll give him an excuse for that one, even though I think 90% of the Benamay roster would have knocked Pickett out in the first round. Well, not 90%, but the you know what I mean. The, the, just put like, Let's put it this way. Cody Stamen would have fucking went out there and fucking... Hey, pick it <laughs> beat Mighty Mouse, all right, bro? Yeah, like 100 fucking years ago, but fucking... <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, it's just a fight where I'm not too sure. I'm not too confident in either guy. I'm, I am going to go with Vera just because I think he's younger. I think Douglas Silva's on the tail end. Um, but, like I said, uh, I fear that he's not going to let it go. I think he, he's going to win the third round, but it's a matter of winning one of the other two rounds. And especially in Brazil, we already know what... We already know what he's up against. He's up, he's Douglas Silva de Andrade is from Belém, Brazil. He's the hometown guy, so we know if this is close, it's probably going to go to Douglas. I'm going to go with Marlon just because I think he's fresher. I think he's starting to figure out his long, lankier techniques. But personally, you know, I'm not that confident, but I am going to go with Vera. I'm going to go with Marlon Chito Vera as well, man. I think he's going to stay long in this fight. He's going to use his teeps. He's going to run throw big body kicks, and with Douglas Silva DeAndrage, look, man, the kid's got some skills, man. I say the kid. The, the old man's got some skills. You know what I'm saying, man? It's just that, you know, he, he can get away with it when he's fighting the Cody Gibsons of the world. He can get away with it when he's fighting the Henry Brionis's of the world. But let me remind you, uh, Cheeto Vera knocked out Henry Brionis first, all right? Yeah, go back and watch that fight on Tough One. Uh, Cheeto Vera knocked him the fuck out with that up kick, and it was supposed to be Cheeto Vera versus Alejandro Perez, but Cheeto had a skin infection, which disqualified him from the competition, so he wasn't able to continue. But uh, that would have been a, a hell of a fight, Turbo versus Cheeto. But look, man. Now we get Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Marlon Vera. And uh, it's just about, look, if Marlon comes out here and he tries to have a bunch of boxing exchanges with uh, Douglas, then Douglas is probably going to win. But if Marlon stays smart, if he keeps it long, utilizes his kicks, and if this fight hits the mat, Douglas, uh, excuse me, Marlon has a big advantage there. He's been a black belt for a while. And I'm not sure exactly where he got his black belt, but I'll tell you this. Uh, if he's still bringing that black belt in at, at uh, Team Oyama, that means he's a legit black belt because they wouldn't just let him wear it there if he wasn't legit. You know what I'm saying? So, And you saw that submission he pulled off against Brian Kelleher. I mean, yanked the dude's arm, fucking got taken down, then immediately armbarred him. And uh, Brian Kelleher went on to absolutely destroy Damian Stasiak. He finished him. A guy that 
Pedro Munoz couldn't finish, even though Pedro kind of, you know, he preheated that oven, if you know what I'm saying, bro. That sounded kind of gay, but... <laughs> but listen, bottom line is, I think Marlon Vera is going to come out here, and I think he's going to style on Douglas Silva DeAndraj. I think the first round is going to be close, but I think as it goes on, he's going to run away with it, and it could be a flying knee knockout, it could be a head kick knockout, it could be a submission, but bottom line, I think Marlon Vera is going to get this one done. Now here we go, man. Main card time. Tiago Maheta Santos. He's minus 280. The comeback on Anthony Lionheart Smith is plus 240. Now, the calm Lionheart, and I mean, he does have three third round knockouts in a row. But to get to the third round with a guy like Maheta, you can't just be a Lionheart. You got to have Lion fucking durability, man. Because uh, as you know, the way Maheta has been looking lately, he's been running over dudes. For sure, man. And his last fight with Hermanson, he got a favela with my boy Jack. You know what I'm saying? He he styled on Jack bad. And his fight with Mershart, he got favela with Mershart and he beat Mershart's ass. And his fight with Marshman, he got favela with Marshman and he beat his fucking ass. So Santos is one of the most uh, brutal people in the game. Um, You know, his fight with Spicely, so what? That's not going to happen here. He's not going to get his back taken and choked out. Hopefully. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, just like, you know, they said uh, we were crazy for betting Alessio because he got choked out by Spicely. But I was like, so? What is Aluali going to do? Take him down and choke him out? Aluali is a jiu-jitsu black belt, Is Anthony bro. Smith going to take <laughs> Maheta down and choke him out? Yeah, right. So, um, you know, as far as the fight goes, I feel like uh, this was... You know, when the first got announced, I felt like it was a trap fight instantly. Um, I felt like I knew a lot of people would be on Maheta, and obviously they are. Um, granted, I think he is the better fighter. How many times has Anthony Smith been knocked out? Seven. Seven or eight times. Um, that Alan Amagov one was absolutely disgusting, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the thing is with this fight is, even though we've seen Maheta go three rounds... What I'm, what I fear is a is a bloody war. What if it's a back and forth war and Anthony Smith has eaten the shots? And what if he is still here in the third round? The way the kid's been fighting lately, he's been like a complete different fighter in that third round. He's been looking like Ortega in the third round, fucking swarming guys. We saw the Hector fight, even though Hector won the first two rounds, it was a completely different story in the third. And I don't even think it was more of Hector because Hector just gassing out or, oh well, Hector can't take a shot anymore. But fucking. The way Smith was going after him, you could just tell talking to him in between rounds. I, I actually I became a fan of the guy after that. I was like, that's pretty badass talking shit to him in between rounds. Hector, you know who the fuck I am now? And you know, Hector's not responding, and Hector's like, fuck, man. <laughs> this guy's going to beat my ass. Hector knew he was fucked. <laughs> and uh, so, but as far as the fight goes, I am going to lean my editor just because I feel like his strikes are going to be too much for him in the first round. But if. Anthony Smith eats the shots. All the people that max bet my head will hold your fucking breath and pray to God he doesn't quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, a drawn-out war in the third round, that's a very scary situation for this fight. But that first round, man, the physicality of my head is probably going to be too much. I mean, Anthony Smith, look, much respect to the dude to be able to go out there and get three third-round knockouts. Just a win in the UFC is a big deal and something that not a lot of people... Round. Oh it's, oh, it's not three? What was, uh, what was his? Elvis was second round. Oh, so he's got a second round knockout and then two third round knockouts. So bottom line, he ain't getting it done in the first. And uh, that first round is going to be pivotal here. It's going to be a crucial round. And, I mean, you remember the, the Laleco fight in his debut where that actually in the third round he was the one that was quitting. Laleco fucking 10 him in that third round. That so. was sad. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he dominated the first two, but fucking 10-8 uh third round he was quitting but he said it was because he was sick going into the fight took it on short notice so well, how do you know he's not sick here exactly so uh, we'll, we'll, 
we'll give him a pass for that because he's gotten better. But look, yeah. the bottom line here is the way Maheta has been looking. It seems like he got his shit together after that Spicely fight, not just because of the performances, but physically speaking, he's looking bigger than he's ever looked. He's looking more fit than he's ever looked. And the way he's going out there and smashing these dudes, I mean, look, the Marshman fight, there was a shaky moment early on, but Marshman hits like a truck. Then after that, he's spinning wheel kick, knocked the dude out. And I bet on Marshman there. That wasn't an early stoppage as far as I'm concerned. People can call that early. I bet on Marshman, and that was not fucking early. He got his ass beat, okay? Then the next fight against Gerald Merchardt, I mean, you saw that post. You saw that get-up game. You saw that sprawl. Like, you straight nuts on the forehead, and he fucking absolutely destroyed him. Then he goes in there against Jack Hermanson. You see the speed that Jack Hermanson's operating on. You see the footwork of a guy like Jack Hermanson. And uh, when it was time to turn up, Maheta turned up. And they call Maheta Sledgehammer. And uh, he absolutely ran over Jack Hermanson with that finishing combo. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty fucking awesome to watch, man. He, he got hood with him and he knocked him out. Now it's about, you know, the first round of that Hector Lombard fight with Anthony Smith. Hector was actually getting off on some of the same t techniques that Maheta is going to look to use here. The body kicks, the leg kicks. I, w I wasn't aware that Hector had all those kicks in his arsenal because normally he's known for throwing big bombs. But I guess when it's 5'8 versus 6'5, you know, you got to utilize some different techniques. And that's what he did there. But, man, there were moments in that fight that were super ugly where Anthony Smith was throwing bombs from his knees and shit like that. It's like you're throwing from your knees here against Maheta and you're going to take a canvas nap. So, once again, back to what we were speaking about originally. If this fight hits the third round, things could get interesting. If Maheta's on his back for extended periods of time, things could get interesting. However, I do think that the physicality of Maheta is going to be too much. I think he's going to kick Anthony Smith extremely hard. I think he's going to punch him hard. I think he's going to put him down. I'm going to go with a late first-round knockout for Tiago Maheta Santos. And everyone max betting him, I, I wish you all the best of luck. You know what I'm saying, Shaq? I wish you all the best of luck. Heavyweight division, Marcelo Golm, he's minus 160, the comeback on Timothy Johnson is plus 140, now Shaq, in Marcelo Golm's UFC debut, he was also minus 160, and uh, you told me this is easy money, this is free money, turned out you were right, but now they're giving him a big step up in competition, he's got the D2 wrestler and Timothy Johnson, but again, it is in Brazil, Marcelo's never been passed around the three minute mark of the first round, and uh, what do you think is going to happen here? You know, um, that fight with Colombo, like I said, uh, I didn't think the experience thing or him fighting someone that didn't want to fight mattered because Colombo is, argue, in my opinion, the worst heavyweight on the roster up there with Dan Ho and Grabowski. You know, those three are like the worst. Um, so that win, I mean, that should have happened. At least he went out there and didn't even need a punch. He went out there... Fucking smoked the guy. Did exactly what he had to do. With t would have Tim Johnson done that? I doubt it. Tim Johnson would have humped his leg for exactly, three rounds. Exactly. Tim Johnson would have fucking smoked him like that. But uh, now this is when he, you know the fact where he hasn't been past two, three minutes in a fight. Now it's when it matters because Tim Johnson is that grinding, grueling, gritty, grimy type of style. And uh, Tim Johnson's last fight, I don't even know what to say about that because that was like a completely different guy, man. Like the punches he was doing generally, you know, he throws himself into these tie-ups tie and, you know, he can, you know, grind guys out. But even his tie-up game, you know, in the Omelun, but think about it. When he's when he's tying these guys up, think about who they are. Omelunchuk can't get up, can't get out of a tie-up to save his life. Everyone knows that's how you beat Omelunchuk, tie him up against the fence and take him down. Um, Volkov, how has Volkov lost in the past? Getting tied up against uh, Tony Johnson back in Belgium, Congo. Congo. That's those guys are prone to getting uh, tied up. Um, 
He did knock out Shamil. He did beat Tibora as well. He did beat Tibora. Got, you know, tied Tibora up. But I think uh, I think his best days are behind him as well, even though, you know, heavyweights do get better when they're older. I actually think Marcelo Gome is the real deal. Now, granted, I still have questions on him because I haven't seen what happens when he get hit when he gets hit. I haven't seen him when he faces adversity. I haven't seen, you know, how his cardio is past that first round. I don't know. I can assume. I think he'll be fine, but it's an assumption. It's a guess. We don't know. So at the end of the day, I don't have the facts to support me betting on Marcelo Gome, but I do think he wins. I actually think the kid has a very bright future. I think he, like we were talking about earlier, I think the kid has a chance to be, you know, the future uh, Brazilian heavyweight star, you know, take over Verdum's spot when Verdum gets knocked out by Volkov in a few weeks. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, he can, he can, uh, you know, Verdum can uh, pass the torch to my boy Marcelo, but um Tim Johnson, you know, if this fight gets into the later rounds, it'll get hairy. I actually think Marcelo is going to steamroll him in the first. I think the boxing, just the, the playing with the hands, the low kicks. You saw how my boy was setting up that that uh, head movement, hand movement against Colombo. So I'm going to go Marcelo first round TKO, and uh, he'll move on to bigger and better things. But if it gets past the first round, people betting on Marcelo, hold your fucking breath. So look. A lot of people like to talk about how the Brazilian judges and this and that, and I actually think that's a myth, man, because if you watch that fight between Phil Davis and Machida, where Machida clearly won in my eyes, and then they give Phil Davis the decision in, in Brazil. So that, to me, kind of debunked the myth that, oh, the Brazilian judges are shitty. I mean, we look back at the history. They score fights right. They, they're pretty accurate with their with their fi- They're pretty accurate with how they score their fights. But one thing... That we do have to criticize is not the it's not the judges it's the refs the refs in Brazil you got to criticize them because if Osiris Maya is a ref in a fight you know what I'm saying if he Mario Yamasaki he's got Marcelo and Davison in his DraftKings lineup and he needs to get those points so <laughs> what I'm trying to say the reason I brought that up is because when Timothy Johnson tries to hug him against the fence he tries to stall and and because you know oh, that's yeah. how Tim refs, wins fights refs are, refs are gonna separate that immediately <laughs> so now it comes down to how's Marcelo's cardio well. Based on how he throws, he's very efficient in there, and you know he's not throwing wild haymakers. He's very calm, cool, collected in the pocket. That makes me think that he's got the cardio to go all three. So I think, well, look, I think he's going to stop Tim Johnson. However, if it does go all three, I think he's going to be fine there too because, like I said, even though we've never seen him pass that two-minute mark, the technique that I have seen with him is all – that's legit technique, man. That's all real shit right there. So I do think the future is very bright for Marcelo Gohm. And I got a lot of respect for the odds maker. I think he opened them minus 185 for a reason. I think uh, he understands what the deal here is. And uh, look, Tim Johnson's a tough guy. I've had him on half the battle before. He's got some great career wins over Shamil, Marcin Tibura, went to a close fight with Volkov. I respect the guy a lot, but as you know, things change very quickly. I don't know if you saw those recent interviews with him. He sounded punchy, my man. I mean, uh, another thing he, that alarmed me in one of those interviews is he said that Junior Albini was fighting for a bigger cause than him. You think you could ever tell top 10 fighters in each division that his opponent is fighting for a better cause than him? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think Vic would ever say my opponent's fighting for a bigger cause? you think yeah. Dustin Poirier would ever say my opponent's fighting for a bigger cause? Yeah. Like, that's uh, that's some alarming shit right a, there. It was very alarming to me. And, uh, you know, it just seems like he's very no- nonchalant these days, at least more nonchalant than he has been in the past. That's what happens when you uh, take a canvas snap. You know what I'm saying? And another alarming thing is generally – you know, when you get knocked out, but you know, he, he waved his hand, but again, he was concussed. So I'll, I'll give him a pass, but, uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. 
I think, like you said, I think the way Marcelo throws efficiently, calm, I think he will be able to go the three. Yeah, I do as well. But I don't think he's going yeah, to go gonna. the three. I think it's going <laughs> to be stopped early. But if, if he... You know, if Osiris Maya isn't in this fight and there's no separations off those fucking uh, stalling tactics that Tim Johnson likes to use, then it will have to go to the third round. And I think that Marcelo Gomes is going to be perfectly fine. And I think you made a good point with the, the whole tie-up situation in Brazil. Osiris Maya, Yamasaki, uh, who else is Brazilian? Valel, the Camila Albuquerque. They're all separating. <laughs> Yamasaki's brother. <laughs> they're all separating that shit fast. You know what I'm saying? So Marcelo's going to have every chance to win this fight. Yeah, it's just with the judges, the judges are accurate for the most part in Brazil. You know, people like to talk about Shogun versus Corey Anderson between you and me. Fucking, I bet on, we bet on Shogun there, right? Yeah, yeah oh, I did at least. I know, I know I did. And fucking, uh, Corey Anderson got dropped he 10 got times. Dropped twice at the end of each round, so those are our rounds. So. <laughs> Corey Anderson didn't win a fucking thing. But uh, listen, man. It just comes down to the to the refs here, not the judges. And uh, I, I think the refs are going to separate those tie-ups. And uh, I think Marcelo Golm is going to stop Timothy Johnson, get another big win. Next up, lightweight division. We got Michelle Tractor Prazeras. He's minus 140, and the comeback on Desmond Green is plus 120. What are you thinking, Shaq? You know, I bet on Des Green his last fight against uh, Rustam. Live, I was very pissed just because, you know, I was under the assumption. And, you know, people get emotional and make stupid comments every day. Granted, I feel like I do a better job than a lot of people making stupid comments or us in general. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think I made a stupid comment. I thought, I, th I think I said Des fought like a bitch or a pussy. And that wasn't the case at all. And he arguably won that fight, in my opinion. You know, granted, you cannot fight Rustam close in Europe or you will lose every Even if time. you win a 30-27 in here. Even if you drop him, full mount him, fucking pound his head in, he's still going to win the round. He can get flying head kicked in Rotterdam and fucking still win the round. You know what I'm saying? 30-27 every time. So Europe is where the judges any, matter. Anytime Rustam's fighting in Europe, you max bet it. So, and he has a fight coming up in Europe, so <laughs> you already know the deal. So, uh, but... Um, Des Green, you know, Tractor Brazeres, um, he's on a six-fight win streak. I think he's 8-2 and two in the UFC. Only losses to Kevin Lee and uh, Paulo uh, Tiago. My boy Paulo went 2-1 and one against those AKA welterweights. Not Kosh check the fuck out. Shout out to my boy Paulo. And um, Tractor, you know, he's super powerful. Um, he's only got one knockout, though. So, I mean, I don't think he's got real What year was that knockout in? Uh, 2004, I think. Um, I think he's only... I don't really think he has knockout power. It's just a matter of Des Green wants this or not. And I actually think he does. I'm going to go with Des Green in the spot. I think he's got the better wrestling. Let me tell you about Des Green's wrestling credentials. The guy was a two-time, not one-time, two-time conference champion at Buffalo University. D1. Number D, Division one. He was number eight in the He was number eight in the country his senior year. So, the guy was number top ten collegiate wrestlers in america that says a lot says a lot and i clearly see it i mean don't forget this guy beat josh emmett and i'll tell you right now i just watched that fight uh, a couple days ago and emmett didn't win shit of that fight des green won every round now granted i don't know why the fuck it went to split I don't know why Des Green's fights tend to go that way, but... I know why, because it was one of the first events in New York, and we know New York true, judging true, historically true, true, is true. fucking terrible. True. Is it as bad as, uh, as, uh, fucking, what was the last event? Charlotte? Oh, Charlotte's disgusting. <laughs> Charlotte was absolutely atrocious. My boy Neto BJJ won that fight, by the way. Morella Barella won that fight, too. Yeah, so, they're disgusting, but, um... I think Des Green got a wrestling advantage. I've seen Tractor Bezeras flop to his back several times. I 
I basically know Tractor Bezerra is like the back of my hand. You know, he's got big bombs, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think he's a front runner. I think, you know, when he's in, in the lead having his way against J.C. Cottrell and Mads Burnell and fucking Josh Berkman and fucking... Um, Gilbert Dorino. Gilbert Dorino, who... We, you already know my thoughts on that fucking guy. You know, OAM's about to whoop that ass in Orlando soon. And uh, I just think uh, that he's a front runner. When things go his way... He's fine, but then when, you know, you sprawl on him, when you hit him with that straight shot and he wobbles, we already know what happens after that, that panic shot. And you know if what happens if you stuck that panic that panic shot? You know what happens after you stuff that panic shot. Flops to his back. Flop to that back. Give us that top position. Give that D1 wrestler that top position. And I think we have the edge on the feet if we keep our range. Blast him with the, his fat, soft body with that left kick. And I'm not even convinced the guy makes weight. I mean, the guy's missed weight three of his last... Three, three of his last six fights, I think. And um, I think Des hasn't beat everywhere, honestly. It's a matter of Des going out here, seizing the opportunity in Tractor Preserves' uh, hometown. He's also from Belém, so this has to be convincing. It can't be close, but granted, they've been scoring fights right, but I think it will be convincing. I think Des Green is actually going to run, run away with this fight. I think uh, first round will be close, but I think by the end of the first round, we'll see we'll see one flop to uh, Tractor Preserves' back, and we'll steal that round, and then rounds two and three will completely drown him. So we got to talk about Tractor Preserves' current win streak. So the first win over Valmir Lazaro, that was a fucking robbery. That was an atrocious, disgusting decision. Disgusting. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. The first round, Preserves won. The second and third round, I mean... Bidu uh, Lazaro clearly won that shit, and then at the end when they're reading the decision, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to say this, Marlon Sandro and uh, Lazaro were looking for the the uh, judges after that fight. <laughs> they couldn't believe they thought it was a it was an error. They thought it was a mistake when my they boy, announced Tractor the B, winner. My boy Bidu lost his job over that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> that was so disgusting. So. I say his win streak started on that J.C. Cottrell fight. So let, let, let's read his uh, win streak. J.C. Cottrell because is J.C. in the UFC? No, he's not. Because, listen, I, I heard Anik's podcast, and much respect to Anik and Florian, but Anik was saying shit like, what does Michelle Prezeris have to do to get a top 15 spot? Hey, Anik, he's got wins over J.C. Cottrell, Gilbert Burns, Josh Berkman, and Mads Burnell. Who the fuck are those guys, <laughs> man? You know, that deserves a top 15 spot. So, listen. Now, I'll, I have a question for you, Shaq. Out of Mads Burnell, Josh Berkman, Gilbert Burns, J.C. Cottrell, which one of those is a D1 wrestler? None. Which one of those is athletic? None. <laughs> Which one of those is uh, young and hungry? Mads. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mads won his last fight. <laughs> yeah, Mads beat fucking Mike Santiago. Who, I've never heard of that guy. But anyways, listen, man. He's never been in there with a D1 wrestler. He's been in there with a bunch of fucking newcomers or a bunch of scrubs or guys that don't like getting hit. He's been hit. taking advantage of young kids that don't belong here. He's a victim of circumstance. And congrats to him. You know, you, you have an 8-2 and two UFC record. Between you and me, he's really got a 7-3 and three UFC record because he lost to Valmir Lazaro. But he's got an 8-2 eight, eight and two UFC record officially. He's beaten a bunch of guys that he's supposed to beat. But every time he's fought someone athletic, uh, you saw what happened when he fought Kevin Lee. You saw what happened when he fought Valmir Lazaro. Now he's going to fight someone else. He did. 3025 Tysonoff. <laughs> yeah, before uh, Tysonoff saw Roger Huerta's doctor, you know what I'm fucking saying? Before Roger Huerta hooked him up with that uh, Marcos from Thailand. <laughs> Listen, go, go look at Tysonoff's physique in that fight, and then go look at Tysonoff's physique in his current run, and, you, know, and, and think, you tell me the deal. I honestly think that's why he's the favorite. Everyone, you know, clicks on Wiki and sees that's the scorecards, and they're like, holy shit, Tractor beat his ass, but. Uh, Tysmoff had two points deducted. Granted, 
rightfully so, he blatantly grabbed the fence and uh, what was it? Illegal head oh, kick. Yeah, illegal head kick. So, you know. Let's just put it this way. If those two ever fought again, oh. uh, it might be 30-25 <laughs> the other way, okay? <laughs> it, might, it, might, it might not go past the first round. So I don't put any stock in the fact that he beat Ty Sumov a million years ago before Ty Sumov was on the Flintstone vitamin. So, you know, don't put any stock into that. Look, in this spot, you know, I know Dez gets criticized for sometimes not pulling the trigger. But look, a lot of his losses, most of his losses are at 145 pounds. He was cutting way too much weight. And he was going in there with guys that are 18-0, and 0, like Andre Harrison. Andre Harrison's 18-0. No, man, you know what I'm saying? That's one of the best fighters outside the UFC. It was a super closely contested fight. Too bad Andre Harrison will never touch that UFC in his life. <laughs> he'll, he'll never see a UFC <laughs> spot ever. But uh, in, in this fight, what I think is going to happen is that first round, Michelle Prezeris, he comes out super explosive. He's going to try to throw some big bombs. And Desmond Green, who has a six-inch reach advantage, he's a southpaw as well, he's going to keep that range, blast that straight left down the pipe, set up that right hook. He's got a beautiful right hook. His head movement's on point. And then uh, we got to stuff a couple mm -hmm. takedowns at first. We stuffed uh, fucking Rustam's takedowns. Have you every last fucking one. Like when you stuff every <laughs> single takedown from Rustam, that tells me the kind of level you're on. And it, they didn't, the shit didn't even get close, you know what I'm saying? He shrugged them off with you know what I'm saying? And now with Prezeris, look, Prezeris might take us down once, but after that, Dez is going to get back up, and uh, he's going to start to pick apart Prezeris, and then by the end of that first round, like you said, we're going to see that first flop from Prezeris, because when Prezeris, when things don't go his way, that's what he does. He starts flopping to that back, and you can see it from his UFC debut until Same his fight with Maz Burnell. Same shit every fucking time. It's just now he's about 37 years old, so you know now, now guy, he's slowing down. Another thing, this guy's been a pro since 2000. Pro for 18 fucking years. Jesus Christ, man. 18 years as a pro. <laughs> I mean, eventually he's got he's to gotta bring it back home, man. Look, you know, people think that he's going to win because he's in his hometown. Well, uh, let me remind you of the time when Damian Maya fought a D1 wrestler in his hometown. Uh, yeah, you, you remember what happened when Colby <laughs> fought Maya in, in Sao Paulo? It was, a, it was a lot of pulling guard and flapping. And let's put it like this. So people remember how Colby was getting picked apart for the first three minutes or whatever was of the first round? So let me let me let me ask you this: If he was really getting picked apart in his hometown of Sao Paulo, don't you think the judges would have scored the first round for Damian Maya? Thirty twenty-six. <laughs> not a single judge scored a fucking thing for Damian Maya. So again, I'm not worried about Brazilian judges here fucking Dez over. I think that if Dez clearly wins, he He's will clearly win. win. It's just about you know. Uh, about Osiris Maya separating them, but the thing is, the good news here is that so Dez wants his distance. We, yeah. He we, wants to be we, separated, so it's all good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Osiris Maya might let might let uh, Prezeris, you know, stall out the fight a little bit longer, but but Dez can separate. That's where that D1 wrestling comes in. So I, I think Dez is gonna have a clear, you know, 29, 28 on two scorecards, 30, 27 on the last one, maybe even a late TKO here if uh, Prezeris really starts to flop because, once again, this isn't J.C. Cottrell. This isn't Mads Burnell. This isn't Gilbert Dorinho Burns. This isn't Josh Berkman. This is a fucking D1 wrestler. This is an athletic specimen. This is the best fighter he's fought on his current win streak, and I think he's gonna take an L, and rightfully so. You know, he said, he did make a comment. He said when uh, Tractor fought Gilbert, which is Des Green's uh, teammate, he said that uh, Tractor didn't want to hop in Gilbert's guard. I think he took him down though a couple times, but uh, Des says that he goes in Gilbert's guard every single day, so I think he'll be fine on the mat. Speaking of that Gilbert Dorino fight, and we all, if you've heard half the battle, you know how much of a punching bag Gilbert Dorino Burns is. Gilbert closed his eyes and he still dropped Tractor Prezeris, just exactly. so you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know who's someone that doesn't close their eyes when they strike? <laughs> Des Green, and so. Not to mention that we've had experience with this type of opponent before. A guy, short, stocky, five, how tall is Tractor? Five, 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 five six. six. You know, Emmett's five, six and a half. We've already had experience with a guy that throws big fucking haymakers. I honestly think Emmett has way more punching power. Emmett knocked out Christos Giagos and Lama, so. Um, That's more knockouts exactly, than Prezeris exactly. right, right there, and he's 
he's got plenty more. So I think uh, Dez has fought this type of opponent before. Even Rustam, a guy that throws big fucking overhand rights with wrestling. So, so bottom line. This is, this is light compared to those two, honestly. I'm going to go with Desmond Green for the <laughs> upset here. Now, next up, Valentina Shevchenko. She's minus 1,000, Shaq. And the comeback on Priscilla Cachoeira is plus 650. Now, it's interesting because uh, I was actually going to pick uh, Priscilla Cachoeira to beat uh, Lauren Murphy, because we all know Lauren Murphy is a scrub. We already, yeah, we had better. But Valentina is uh, not, not a scrub. scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Valentina is actually really fucking good. Um, you know the thing with this fight is, first of all, I'm gonna go say uh, I think the the you know the consensus thoughts on Priscilla Cachoeira is that she sucks and that the way she strikes is ugly and disgusting, and uh, you know it is ugly and disgusting. But Daniel, name one chick that's willing to throw down and bang like that. Jessica Andrade, her teammate. Her teammate, exactly. So there's obviously something going on in that cat. Those chicks got heart. Those chicks don't give a fuck. Those chicks. And uh, do we uh, have to tell them Priscilla's background a little bit? Just, 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 uh, just to say this, I don't, I don't think she's gonna quit at all. You know what I'm saying? Tell her background. She's a former, she's a former crackhead. You know what I'm saying? And, and, Crack what? Crack whore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's overcome all those things in her life. And now look at her. She's fucking on the main card fighting Valentina uh, Shevchenko. Now. My boy Sean Shelby must know something. If you match her up with Lauren and then Valentina. And look, I think the fight's going to end up playing a lot closer than the fucking line indicates. Because I know Valentina's way better. But the thing is, when you have a chick that doesn't give a fuck, that's probably, you know, wired genetically like a fucking guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way she fights, like, only chicks I see thrown down like that are her and fucking Andrade, and, you know, is Valentina used to this type of power? Yeah, probably she has fought Amanda Nunes, she, but the thing is, Nunes didn't fight like that when she fought, uh, fought Valentina, Nunes was fucking patient, now granted, Valentina's light years above her across the board, and Valentina, the thing I like about her is her, her style, I like about her style is that, like, she has the same reactions to everything, but they work every time. You know, she's gonna throw the right hook, fucking the second, the spinning back fist. She throws the same few techniques every fucking time. Like, but granted, she's super efficient with them, and ch- most chicks besides Amanda can't figure it out. So, um, I actually think you know the over was like what over over two and a half was plus money. But yeah. What is it right now? Plus one fifteen, I think. Yeah, plus 115 for that over two and a half. And I actually think that over two and a half will catch because I think Priscilla has the heart to go three rounds. And I think Valentina is actually going to be very timid when one of those left foot, right uppercut combos land because I think the chick hits that hard. Now, granted, I thought she was going to knock Lauren Murphy the fuck out. That's why I bet it. Granted, you know, she had some visa problems and it couldn't happen. But I think this fight has the potential to be very hairy early. I think Priscilla's gonna get in her face and fucking start letting them fly right away like she does every single fight. And uh, it's a matter of Valentina just takes her down after that. But the size advantage for Priscilla, Priscilla's how many times has Priscilla made 125? Like once, I think. And it was like it wasn't even 125, it was like 128, 129 or something like that. So this chick's a big chick, but Valentina should take it. What I, Dan, you already know how I feel about playing minus one thousand. So like come people are really parlaying this, like they think it's free money. They think they're sharp playing <laughs> on minus 1,000. You're going to fucking lay 10 units to win one. 20 units to win two. You're oh going to parlay God. this with fucking Maheda and, and Anders. You know? Disgusting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely disgusting. Clearly, they haven't learned their lesson. It might come back. They'll probably get away with it this time. You know what I'm saying? But when they don't and they keep doing it, just like they said, Chandler versus Primus was free money. And, uh, <laughs> 
And we saw what happened there. Anything can happen in that cage, but I will go with Valentina by decision. Just like uh, Mirsad Bektik, minus 1,000 was easy free money against Darren Elkins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Shaq? It's a, it's a similar situation just in terms of the line. But, look, obviously the rifle favorites Valentina. I think she will come away with a win here. She's simply too composed, too technical for someone like uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. But, look, when it comes to chick fighting... Knockout power is a big thing, my man. Big. It's huge because <laughs> these chicks aren't used to getting hit like that by other chicks. Exactly. You know, with dudes, it's like if a dude comes out there swinging like that, then he'll get fucked up right away. But with the chicks, it's different because you can spook a girl out throwing heat like that. And, uh, you know, she does train with Jessica Andrade. That's why she throws like that. Look, Jessica Andrade doesn't have the best technique either. But but, <laughs> but when she when she connects, exactly. they feel Those it. Those 115-pound chicks freak the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't think Valentina Shevchenko is going to be the one to freak out. I think Lauren Murphy would have freaked yeah, out for sure. So I, I think, you know, Valentina might stay super cautious here and maybe extend this out to a decision. That's why, you know, it's funny. You hear all these people talk about how, oh, I bet the women's over every fight because there's a 70% hit rate, which is actually super misleading, Shad, because it's always about minus. 330 but in this spot the over is plus money and they're passing on it you know what i'm saying like because they think it's that much of a landslide victory and i'll tell you right now i think it's gonna go three rounds I mean, I think so, too. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe Valentina Maybe really... Maybe she gets an armbar, but the thing is, I've seen Priscilla in armbars, like, in fully, and she got out of them because she's got that much heart. The thing I'd be worried about here, you know, if I was going to pick Priscilla or if I was going to take, uh, you know, the over, this and that, is that I, might, I have a feeling that, that Priscilla... She might, she might knock her out. Well, that, but I think that Priscilla might show too much respect to Valentina. She hasn't showed respect to these bums she's been fighting in the regional scene, but when you're in there with Valentina, you know, Valentina's getting off on those fans. She cracks you with that first right hook when you come charging in. She might show some respect to Valentina, and then it could go the over. So, you know, that's one of those things, man. But at the same time, the way these two throw down, it could end inside the distance. I really don't know, man. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, you got to go with the favorite here. She's minus 1,000 for a goddamn reason. I'm going to go with Valentina. But, you think uh, uh, Valentina will ever touch that UFC belt? She had her chance. <laughs> Listen, I mean, if, if her and Nico Montano are fighting, then yes. If her and Lauren Murphy are fighting, then yes. But uh, she'll never touch that 135-pound belt in her life. Make no mistake about that, Sean. Valentina versus Jessica I for the 125-pound You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> Co-main event of the evening. John the Magician Dodson. He's minus 150. Pedro Pedrinho Munoz is plus 130. Now, they call him the Magician, but uh, my boy Magic Marlon Moraes just beat the Magician. So, you know, Magic always beats the Magician, and now he's uh, he's taking on my boy Pedrinho. And look, I know Pedrinho is a punching bag the first three minutes of every fight, but unless you're knocking this dude the fuck out, unless you're Jimmy Rivera or Rafael Asuncao, you're most likely losing to this dude. So now it's about, can Dodson keep his squirmy shit up for three? Um, you know, it's a super tough fight because, like we said, Pedro is a fucking punching bag. I mean, when Stasiak's getting off on the feet against you, you know what I'm saying? Granted, he won all those fights. His fight with Jimmy was one of the best fights, you know, of that year. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but uh, it was a super entertaining 16. fight. And, and Pedro's got power. He dropped Jimmy. <laughs> Granted, Jimmy's a little chinny, but <laughs> he dropped Jimmy, like, what, once or twice? One, twice, actually. He dropped him twice. Granted, Jimmy dropped him fucking 100 times. But uh, Pedro's no slouch. Pedro, that Rob Font, I feel so stupid for not betting on him, and I'm probably going to feel stupid for not betting on him here again in Brazil at Underdog Money like he always is. And fucking... We still got time to change your mind. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, Dotson, the difference between uh, 
with the the Marais fight, which ain't gonna happen in the Pedro fight, in my opinion, is Marais broke him down on the feet, like technically hard body kick, right body kick, right head kick, overhand rights. Pedro isn't gonna do all that now. Pedro's got power, but he can't do it as efficiently as Marlon. And I think you know Dotson does have the style to run away from him for three rounds i think that he does have the movement granted i think he is slowing down i don't think he's as fast as he once was and granted the last two brazilians he's fought he's lost to um but i think those guys are better than pedro in my opinion i think uh lineker's just way too more aggressive i mean even though pedro's aggressive but it's just a difference you know when lineker hits you it's it's, it's completely different um and like i said with marlon just previously but um I do think Dotson's on the decline, but I'm actually going to go with Dotson here. I think he's going to win two out of the three rounds. I think the first round he's going to uh, win. I think, uh, you know, second round he's just going to be looking to stall, run away, and Pedro's going to be coming, you know, exposing himself, and I think he's just going to land the better shots. I think it's going to be a split decision, close type of fight, and I think Dotson will actually get it in Brazil. And uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I, you know I got to go with my boy Pedrinho Munoz, man. I think that... The first three minutes of the fight, he's going to get tagged with some big shots, and he might even get knocked out here. But if he doesn't get knocked out, if he stays composed, that's when Dodson starts to just stare at you. That's when Dodson's volume starts to wane. That's when my boy Pedrino Munoz, who excels in that chaos, he's going to create some fire. And I think he's going to land some big shots on John Dodson, kind of like he did to Robbie Font, you know, when they fought, man, you know, Rob Font was getting off on some big strikes, but Pedro bit down on that mouthpiece, he went forward, he swung a big overhand, and then it was uh, Robbie Font who turned into the panic wrestler, and if there's one guy, Shaq, that you don't want to be a panic wrestler against, it's Pedro Munoz, because one does not simply escape the Pedro Munoz guillotine, and I don't care if you're John Dodson, I don't care if you're Robbie Font, I don't care if you're Justin Scoggins, who gets choked out by everyone, by the way, but look, Justin was putting on a clinic against him in that first round and uh pedro created that that chaos and you saw what happened man with a guy like pedro munoz you have to be on your p on your fucking p's and q's the entire fucking time man or else you're gonna get choked out man unless you're a goddamn Rafael Asunsa or jimmy rivera who are they're not top five guys Shaq. they're top three guys okay they might even be top two guys between you and me so you know i don't think that he's fight i don't think he's facing a, a jimmy rivera or a fucking Rafael Asunsa out here i think he's facing a john dodson who slowed down a lot who's no longer the fastest guy at flyweight or bantamweight anymore he's, he's like 36 years old now you know what i'm saying man <laughs> but uh you know Another thing is, you know, when he fought Rob Font, Rob Font was, like, trying to get him out of there. I don't think Dodson's going to try to get him out of there. I think he's just going to sit back and try to weasel out. Like, like uh, Scoggins and Font, like, those guys were trying to actually knock Pedro the fuck out. Don't. They were actually trying to knock him out. I don't think that's the way to go about fighting Pedro. I think you need to sit back. Granted, Jimmy's good enough to try to knock him out because Jimmy's arguably a future world champion. And we already know the fucking point skills that Asunta has. And I feel like Dodson's game is more towards that side and i think he's gonna sit back those guys tried to knock him out which is stupid to fight pedro like that <laughs> yeah I, I agree but you know the last time that dodson sat back against someone and picked him apart was eddie wineland and i mean we know we just have to touch that jaw one time and then eddie won't oh, throw yeah, anymore yeah, you know yeah, so <laughs> with, with pedro see look if Pedro decides to not throw, then yeah, Dawson's going to pick him apart. But since when does Pedro decide to not throw? Pedro's going to get hit throws. with a bunch of shots, and then he's going to bite down, then he's going to create that chaos. And we know Dawson doesn't like getting hit. 
Pedro doesn't give a fuck if you hit him. He just don't, chin, just don't knock, a, just don't knock Pedro out, and he's good to go. You, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm gonna go with Pedrino Munoz by second or third round submission. But it won't surprise me if this goes to decision and he wins a, a three round decision because you know Dotson is a pretty durable guy. I don't think he's been finished in a long, long time. Not since his since his early since his early days before the UFC. That's I think the last time he was finished. So, but hey, there's a first for everything. I, I don't think Robbie Font was ever finished until. Uh, he fought Pedrino, you know what I'm saying? He was finished mentally against uh, my boy Hands of Stone. The guy was flopping to his back several times. <laughs> Hands of Stone couldn't get him out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because he flopped. <laughs> hey, I've seen a Hands of Stone tap people out. Shout out to my boy Cisco Rivera. <laughs> that bum. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, Pedrino Munoz for this upset. I think it's a dogger pass situation. Main event of the evening. Eric, your boy Anders, is minus 300. The comeback on Leoto the Dragon Machida is plus 250. Now, man, you know, it's funny because if times were different, the line would be flipped. You know, it'd be minus 300, Leoto, and uh, plus 250 for your boy. But now, times have changed, and, you know, Leoto, he's at that point, kind of like Chuck Liddell was when he fought Rich Franklin, where you're getting knocked out by every single person you fight. You can't take the shots anymore. But, man, Eric Anders is super green. However, Lyoto is at that point where one skull touch and uh, good night, Irene. So what I got to ask you is, are the skills of Lyoto still too much for a guy like Eric Anders who is on his way up? Or is it simply a case where, you know, it's going to be a sad reality of the fight game and uh, Lyoto is going to take another canvas nap? Um, you know, it is tough to say because I think uh, those skull touches are pretty fucking serious. I mean, we saw what he did the fresh... A guy that's never been knocked out in Marcus Perez. I mean, Marcus Perez might not fight for a whole year after that because he got his ass beat that bad. And it wasn't due to skill. It was just by brute force. It was He's just so big. Granted, uh, he's never seen anything like Lyoto before. I don't care if Lyoto's got knocked out a hundred times in a row. That's against Luke Rocco. That's against Yoel Romero. That's against Brunson. That's against, uh, you know, he's lost to Weidman. Those are, those are top. That I, all those guys are top ten. You know what I'm saying? So... He hasn't seen anything like this. Granted, I do think the skull touch is just going to be too much. That's what my gut tells me. I think Lyoto's going to be doing exactly what he did at Brunson. I think he's going to be making him look silly first couple minutes. I think he's Anders is going to be whiffing, and he's going to Lyoto's going to slip like he did against Luke, touch touch him a couple times. But I think Anders' head is just too big, and he'll you know block it. Granted, if he goes down, then props to Lyoto. But I think eventually, at some point, Anders will land a left hand. And Lyoto will uh, be unconscious in front of his countrymen again. Granted, it's a fight, you know, at that line. Do I agree with the line? Maybe not to that extent. I do think Anders should be the, the favorite here. But uh, minus 300 for a guy that's fucking beat, you know, old-ass Sapo Natal and fucking a kid that, you know... Won't be in the UFC this time next year. <laughs> I won't go that far, but, you know, just a kid Between that, you a kid, that kid's a welterweight, if we're being honest. So, um... You know, I do think Anders will knock him out. Um, it's some, do I want to play around with it? Uh, we'll see. You know, you'll have to find out um, around... Uh, MaxBestSeason.com. Yeah, you know, MaxBestSeason.com, you know. But uh, I do think Anders will get the job done. I think you will as well. But, man, it's just like one of these situations where you go from fighting Rafael Natal and Marcus Perez. Now they call you up. You're not just fighting Leota Machida, Shaq. You're fighting Leota Machida in Belém, Brazil, in the main event. I mean, that first UFC main event is a serious thing, but 
one thing we mentioned about Eric Anders is he's got the athletic experience. I mean, he's been there in the D1 championship in football, and yeah, you're not getting hit in the face in football, but you are still clashing heads. Uh, <laughs> you're still taking trauma, you know what I'm saying? But look, the bottom line is I'm just saying I don't think the moment will get to him. I think if, if he's going to lose this fight, it's going to simply be because Lyoto caught him, and that's the bottom line. And I do think that Lyoto is actually going to look good offensively early on in this fight, man. I think that I think he's simply better than Eric Anders everywhere, actually, minus the ability to take a punch, which is a huge, huge factor in fighting, as you know, my man. I mean, you got to be able to take that punch. I mean, you saw my boy Chuck Liddell against Rich Franklin. He was fucking Rich Franklin up. Boy, but uh, Taminos last week, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Tomas Almeida. That was sad, bro. Yeah. That, that, that broke my heart, bro. Can't take the punch anymore. That, that, I almost <laughs> cried, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like... Because, like, my whole dream of Tomas Almeida being a future world champion, uh, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> went up in flames, <laughs> that went right out the window, you know what I'm saying, yeah, man? Between you and me, he was never going to touch that belt in his life. <laughs> bro, don't, don't say that, bro. <laughs> Watch your goddamn mouth. But, uh, He'll like, never touch that belt in his life. <laughs> but as far as this matchup's concerned, I do think Lyoto's going to look good offensively early. It's just that when he finally does take that left hand, it's going to be sad when he takes another canvas nap, man. Uh, that's just how the fight game goes you know you can't take a punch anymore it's just about eric actually getting off on that punch which i do think he will man you know if he doesn't get off on that punch then hey maybe machida can actually get his first fucking win since cb dalloway in 2014 that's the last time you want to fight right pre usada oh, pre reebok you know what i'm saying man CB. times have fucking changed <laughs> from being the 16 and 0 guy who just uh defeated shogun the for the belt era, the machida era <laughs> yeah welcome to the machida era to now, and he knocked out Rashad. He defended against Shogun in a controversial decision. And then since then, uh, shit's been hit or miss. You know, I mean, he's had some highlights. Don't get me wrong. Randy Couture, uh, who's 70 years old, was on the wrong end of a, a front kick to the face. Uh, CB, uh, I don't even, I don't know who the Ryan fuck CB dollar is. Um, you know what I'm saying, you know. bro? But look, look. The Ryan Bader situation could happen here if Eric, your boy, charges in head first. He gets frustrated and and fucking Lyoto counters him. Then hey, but the thing is, I don't think Lyoto is durable enough to get it to that point, man. I, I bet I bet um Bader and CB have nightmares about Lyoto. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm gonna go with your boy by knockout, and uh, uh, my know, my boy, your boy is gonna take care of business. You know, another thing is. Uh, this is a five-round fight, so there is a possibility it does stretch out. And Anders did have a five-round fight like not too long ago against Brendan Allen in LFA, where in the first three rounds, he absolutely bombed on Brendan Allen, dropped him every round, hurt him every round. The last two rounds, <laughs> he completely gassed out. Granted, he's never been in a situation like that before at the time, but let's see what happens if this fight does stretch out in the fourth and fifth round. But what was the first thing you said? The first thing you said was he dropped Brendan Allen, exactly, he did this. Exactly. If he Allen's drops Leo, it's over, exactly. bro. Allen's fresh to, you know, survive. Allen's 22 years old, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, Allen can recover. We'll see if Lyoto can. But even in the tie-ups, man, he's so big. Even though he doesn't have the best technique in the tie-ups. He's going to be slower than Lyoto, so, too, by the he's way. He's just so big. But like I said, I think Lyoto styles on him for the first couple of minutes. And then out of nowhere, there'll be a flash KO. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because we've been interviewing Eric Anders for a long time. And this time next year, it was, him being in the UFC was just a dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, he hadn't even fought for that LFA belly yet. He was just going out there and blasting jobbers in the first round. Now, you know... Now he's in the motherfucking UFC in the main event fighting a goddamn legend. Like, that. that's career progression right there. That shows you how fast things change in the fight game, man. Another thing that's going to show you how fast things change in the fight game is when Eric Anders not only comes full circle, but he knocks out Lyoto the Dragon Machida. In probably the first or second round, my man. It's going to be sad. 
So before we hit up Kyle Marley, man, uh, we got to let the fans know, man. If they want to hit up these packages, you go to bestfightbase.com. You go to maxbetseason.com. My boy Shaq already in the profit for 2018. I'm right on the cusp of the profit. But look, this ain't about a one month this, one month that. This is about the fucking year for me, man. Because as you know, 3-0 and on years, close to 100 units in profit. I mean, this is a long-term game. I don't think anyone does it better than us. Guys, I'm telling you right fucking now, things are about to start heating up after this weekend, after we cash this nice little underdog play. Then guess what What, what season it's about to be these next couple of weeks? Max bet season. I already told you what my record is on straight max bets. What? What is it? Undefeated. Never lost. So, I mean, it's time to hop on these max bet winners for these this next month, especially this next month. There's a lot of fucking especially opportunities. Especially UFC Austin. There's a lot of fucking opportunities. UFC Austin, and it's not even what you think, so don't even think that. You know what I'm saying? It ain't what you think. So... You already know I'm on those I'm on those those max bets that you don't even know about. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, mean you guys you guys can't even guess my max bets half the time. I give you every guess in the book and you and you still can't guess. <laughs> These jo- when we when we had Mateus Nicolaus our max bet jobbers are like wait so Carlos Condit's your max bet? <laughs> what? <laughs> Carlos? <laughs> like all right, I know who your Cyborg? max bet is. It's Cyborg, right? <laughs> <laughs> like no man, exactly. And I know they won't even see this max bet coming. Uh, you know. Like I'm saying, undefeated on straight max bets since I... And know, undefeated on consensus max exactly. bets. That's mean, when, that means exactly. when Shaq and I agree on a max bet, it's going to fucking a, win. It's a winner. Fucking, and, um, you know, we got individual package. If you don't like me, get my boy Dan's package. If you don't if you uh, don't like him, get my package. Exactly. Get on board with who you want to support, and that's the bottom line. You're dealing with people that are doing this shit every day, all day. And with that VIP service, you get the direct consulting, that personal consulting. Because, you know, with the basic and individual, it's fucking great, too. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get those plays. You're going to win. But with the VIP, you have a question? You want to hit me up at midnight on a Tuesday? Hit me up at midnight on a Tuesday. You You know what I'm saying? You know, you can call me and you can ask me if you, uh, if is, uh, you think Tim Means is parlayable this weekend? I'm going to tell you, fuck no. But at least you can call me and you'll get my opinion on any fight that uh, is scheduled. BestFightPicks.com, MaxBetSeason.com. Make sure you sign up today. And if you let us know that you listen to today's podcast and that's where you heard the promotion, we're going to give you a significant discount. So make sure you hit us up and let us know that you listen to this episode of the podcast because uh, we want to hook you up. We want to work with you. We want you to be on Team Best Fight Picks. Well, now we got to hit up Kyle Marley for the Big Marley Minute. And joining us now on the Big Marley Minute is the seven-times DraftKings qualifier, Big Marley. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, good, man. How are you? Doing excellent. So, listen, I heard a rumor that you're supposed to compete in the finals for this DraftKings tournament this weekend. Only 25 people were allowed in the tourney. And then they got word. Someone tipped them off that Big Marley was in the tournament itself. And uh, I hear they canceled it. (laughs) Yep, they just said, well, fuck it. We'll just give them the money right now. Uh, (laughs) No, but they're uh, they're pushing it back to the pay-per-view next week. I'm not a big fan of that. I wish it was just going this week because I'm ready to get it over with. This qualifier has been going for like a year now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm ready to get it over with and, and win this thing. So, after you win this, does that make you an eight times qualifier? No, I, I would say still seven times. Uh, I don't know how that works when you qualify within a qualifier. So, I would just count it as one. But it'll make me the champion for the last year, I guess. Defending, like, how many title defenses is this? No, no, I mean, there really is no title. It's just qualifiers, and I've never won a qualifier. I've just been in them. Uh, I've never had first place, so hoping to get my first one here. 
Yeah, I, I think you will. But before you do that, we got to talk about these fights real quick, man. Obviously, Eric Anders, he's taking on Machida. He's a huge favorite. I mean, is Eric Anders going to get the biggest win of his career? Or is Machida going to get back on track? You got to think Anders is going to get him here. Uh, Machida's getting old. Man, that, that two-year ban didn't help him at all. Uh, it's been a long time since he's won a fight. Uh, and I think uh, he's just taking this one too quick after that knockout from Brunson. I like Anders here quite a bit, but um, this is like a 100% fight for me. If I'm making 10 lineups, I probably want like eight or nine Anders, and then I'm going to have Leota in the other one just in case he does get that uh get Anders coming in and gets the knockout in the first round, you're going to need him. But I just don't see that happening, so I'd rather only have one of my 10 lineups on him. Uh, but I'll have 100% of this fight in my GPPs. Uh, you can stack it in cash if you want. Uh, I'm not sure if I will or not yet, but it's stackable. A tough fight to call on paper is Dodson versus Munoz. Dodson is so fast. Munoz is so hittable early, but he's super tough. One day all that shit's going to catch up to him. It's just a matter of if this is that time. I think he's a live underdog, but you got to deal – with the fact that he's going to get tagged early on in that first round. So, I mean, are you willing to take that risk? Yeah, I think I might be. Uh, he is a dog, and you got to get some dogs in your lineup, uh, especially if you want Anders. So I think this is one way I'm going to get there uh, is with some Munoz lineups. I think he can get it done. Uh, I think Dodson's better on the feet, but I think Munoz can hang with him. Uh, this is in Brazil. Maybe we can get some home cooking. And if it hits the ground, I think it's, it's Munoz's world. Uh, so I'll just be rooting for him to get that neck. I'm not sure if I'll have much Dodson, but yeah, I'm going to have to take a few shots on Munoz. I know Valentina is a minus 1,000 favorite. I know she's priced really high, and for me personally, man, I think she's going to win, obviously, but I can't rely on a chick to get a first-round knockout, so I'm personally avoiding this fight. Are you in the same boat, or are you actually going to go ahead and, and play her? Yeah, I mean, she's 9,600 on DraftKings. That's 400 more than the next uh, highest, which is Santos, so... It's going to be really hard to pay up for her, uh, but I think everyone is kind of avoiding her for that same reason, so I think I might have a few GPP shots just in case she does get that first-round knockout. I think she'll be lower on than she should be as a minus-1,000 favorite, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just paying up at that $9,600 price. Can you do it or not? I'm not interested in her opponent at all. Uh, I think Shevchenko's a better cash play, uh, so it's... it's Mostly a fade fight in GBPs unless you want to take that shot on Shevchenko. But minus 1,000 is always good for your cash lineups. You want those safe ones. Yeah, and speaking of the knockout, man, obviously Tiago Santos versus Anthony Smith. We know for a fact that's ending inside the distance. The winner of this fight is going to make or break your lineups, in my opinion at least. Uh, whoever picks this fight right is going to get a shit ton of points. Now, I know everyone's leaning towards the favorite Tiago. I am as well. But, man, this kid Anthony Smith has a knack for that third-round KO. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and Santos definitely isn't perfect. I think his line's a little bit too high as it is now, and him being the second highest priced guy on DraftKings makes me not want as much of him. But I'm, I'm definitely interested. Uh, that kick could definitely end it real fast. Um, he could even get multiple drops in this fight, which will really add up on the points. So I'm interested, but I don't think I'm going to have a complete fade on Smith. I'm a little interested in him as well. Maybe he can... Uh, Tire uh, Santos down, maybe get it to the ground. I think on the ground he would have an advantage. Uh, but Santos is the pick here. It's just can you pay up for him? If you're fading Shevchenko, then I think you can. Uh, see, I'll have a little bit of both, but Santos is the pick. 
So Michelle Prezeras, he's taking on Des Green, and this is in Michelle Prezeras' hometown of Belém, Brazil. We saw Damian Maia fought, uh, fight Colby Covington in his hometown of Sao Paulo. And, I mean, this is the first D1 wrestler that Michelle Prezeras has fought on his current win streak. So I actually think this could be a sneaky underdog play for DraftKings. You know, get a couple takedowns in there when the guy starts to flop to his back. Are you on board here? Yeah, uh, I actually have Green winning this fight. Um, and I bet it at, I think, plus 130. But I'm not sure if I'm as interested in DraftKings because... Even when he wins, he really doesn't score that high, and this is in Prezeras' hometown, so that worries me a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Green, in his first win against Emmett, he only scored 64 points in a win, and then in his last fight, he lost and only scored 29. So if he, if he won somehow, that would only be 59 points with the decision. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in betting him than I would be playing him in DraftKings, but you got to find those dogs. Um, I think I would prefer Munoz and DraftKings because he has a higher ceiling. Uh, but they're both in play. I think I'll have some green. Um, and then Prezeris, he just scores high. If, if he can do what he usually does, he's going to go out there and score over 100. I just don't see him being able to manhandle green. I think uh, it's going to be a stand-up fight, and green's going to pick him apart a little bit, maybe get a 29-28 decision. Uh, but I think it would look closer to a 30-27 if it was in America. I don't know if you just heard the dog barking, but uh, Oscar just blessed your Desmond Green bet, my friend. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, <laughs> another one, man. We're talking about sneaky underdogs. I know everyone is taking that underdog shot on Timothy Johnson. Man, I'm actually the opposite way. I like the favorite here. Even though this kid's never been past the two-minute mark of the first round, I think Marcelo Gullum, I can tell good technique when I see it. I personally think he's going to come out here and put Timothy Johnson away. I don't know if you feel the same way, but Marcelo Gullum will make some of my DraftKings lineups, Kyle. Yeah, I was actually thinking that Golem would be pretty popular, and that was making me think, you know, maybe I'll take some shots on Timothy Johnson. It's heavyweights. You never know what's going to happen. But I've heard more people talking about Timothy Johnson as well, so now I'm like, well, fuck it. Let me just go with what I think is going to happen, and I think that's a Golem first-round knockout. So, yeah, I would prefer Golem, uh, but I was just worried about him being like 50% owned, and you have to compete with half the field. So, yeah, I'm kind of getting that same feeling as you are, that he might be a little under-owned, and I'm liking Golm a lot at uh, 8,700. I have a hard time seeing him not pay off that in a win. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, a friend of the show, Marlon Chito Vera, he's making his return to Brazil. I mean, the kid's got balls, man. He just went three rounds with Lineker. Now he's taking on Dion Draj, who is also, you know, a heavy hitter. But this time, man, I think he's going to get back on track. You, uh, you feel the same way, or are you going for the underdog here? Man, I think this is more of a fade fight for me. Uh, I think Vera is my pick. I'm just not really confident in either one of these guys. Uh, the only way I will own either of them, I think, is if I'm just doing like a mid-range kind of lineup and they're just my last pick. If I have $7,900 remaining for my last fighter, I'll go ahead and just take a drive. But if I have 8300 remaining, sure, I'll go ahead and take Vera. But I won't be starting any of my lineups with these two. I would prefer to fade it if I can. Uh, but pick is Vera. Demir Hatsovic came through for me huge against Marcin Hell with that big knee. But now he's taking on another grappler. We know Patrick just wants to lay on him, score those takedowns, get those points. It's just about uh, hoping for a big knockout from Demir Hatsovic. Are you uh, you going to hope for that big knockout or are you just going to stay away? Ah, man, I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth. I originally wanted um, 
uh, Patrick for the takedowns because uh, I mean you love takedowns on DraftKings, but he's nine thousand on DraftKings, uh, and Hadzovic is only seventy two hundred. So I might have to take a few shots on him and hope he gets that knockout. Uh, I just think the more likely route is Patrick wins in the decision. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to end up paying off his value because I do like Hadzovic. Um, I just don't know if he's going to get this one done. I think he does have to get the knockout to win. Uh, and if he does, he's going to outscore that $7,200 price tag. So, sure, let's take some shots on him. Uh, I haven't made any lineups with him yet, but I haven't made too many lineups, period. So, uh, I could see him making a few, uh, but I could also see Patrick making a few as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought too hard on this one yet. I like both, and I also like the fade, so I have no idea what I'm going to do here. All right, last but not least, Davison Figueredo. He's making his third appearance in the octagon. He's taking on Joseph Morales. Uh Joseph Morales, uh, he's an undefeated kid. He's never seen anything like this before in his life. I think this is uh, first L time. Well, whoever loses, it's first L time because they're both undefeated. But between you and me, Davison might have lost that fight to to Brooks last time out. But it was a close one, man. Brooks is an Olympic-level wrestler. I think he's going to get back on track here, even though he never technically lost. Uh, you got Davison or Morales? I'm going with Davison here. Uh, it's in Brazil. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Morales has never been to Brazil, especially to fight. So uh, he's a Cali boy. He's probably had all his fights out there. This is going to be his first time going to enemy territory, and Brazil is not a really good place to do that. Uh, so I have to go with Davidson. I'm pretty impressed with him, but I do think he lost that last fight as well. Uh, so maybe even if uh, if this is going Morales' way, maybe we'll still see some hometown cooking. But, yeah, I think uh, I would lean Davidson here. I'm not exactly sure how I want to tackle this with DraftKings. Uh, I might have interest in them both, but again, kind of like that verify, it'll be more, what do I have left in my salary? Maybe they'll be the last guy in my lineup. I'm not starting any with either one of these guys. Well, Kyle, we always appreciate the hard-hitting insight, my man. Good luck this weekend, and uh, next week I know you're going to kill that tournament, man. So uh, the fans can follow you at Big Marley 3 Kyle, any message for them before we talk next week? That's it, man. Got head-to-heads posted if anyone wants some action. And once again, that's why my boy Kyle Marley is doing the big things that he's doing. You know, it's funny. He was supposed to be in the finals of this DraftKings tournament this weekend, man. They found out that Kyle Marley was going to be in the tournament. They postponed it to next week. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to uh, shut my boy Kyle down. It's like he can't even walk in a casino in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? He, he's shunned everywhere. <laughs> yeah, now, for, now Kyle's going to have to make his money by selling advice, man, because he can't even make it playing it anymore. You know what they're I mean? Try, they're trying to knock my boy off. But, uh... You know, if you want to go get Kyle Marley's package, make sure you go to DFS Army. Use the promo code sleeveless to save 10%. But if you want a free bet, you let Kyle Marley know your username. You let him know that you heard us promoting him on Half the Battle. And then you get a free bet from us. Well, Shaq, now we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So what is the fight to watch for UFC Belém? My fight to watch is going to be Des Green versus... uh Tractor Preserves, you know, I think uh, if Tractor did get this one, he would be right outside the top 15. I mean, the guy, if he did win this fight, would be 9-2. and two. You can't deny those type of numbers, you know, no matter who he did fight, because Des Green is a solid win. And if Des Green can win this fight, you know, he did just get a new UFC contract. That would solidify his spot in the top 25, you know, moving forward. Then he can, you know, I mean, the guy's first two fights were against Emmett and Rustam. You know, Emmett was undefeated at the time, had never only lost one round, and it was due to a, a broken finger. 
and Des schooled him. And then Rustam, he arguably won. So this is another tough fight for Des Green. He's had three hard fights. And if he can win this, he solidifies his spot on the roster. It'll be the biggest one in his career. He's been through a lot in his career. Remember when this guy got cut from Bellator and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that to that young kid, you know, after the Vaisal loss? But he's learned his lesson. He's come full circle and uh, he's learned his lessons. He's learned his craft. And let's see how he... Uh, takes care of business on uh, Saturday. UFC gave him a new contract for a reason after coming off a loss, exactly. my friend. And that's definitely one of the fights to watch. But for me, my fight to watch is 100% Pedro Munoz versus John Dodson. Tell me the last time you saw a boring Pedro Munoz fight. I don't think you can. With John Dodson, there's been a handful of them. But John Dodson needs the right dance partner to have an exciting fight. And I think he's got that right here with Pedro Munoz, man. Because Munoz creates that, that fucking chaos and uh, he excels in that aspect. And I think that this fight's going to be... It's going to be nasty, man. These two are going to throw down. I think there's a chance for a finish, but if not, I think it's going to be a three-round war. Even though Dodson doesn't like the war, when you fight a guy like Pedrinho, you're forced to take part in the war. So, yeah, Pedro versus Dodson. So, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC Belém? You know, my fighter to watch is going to be Marlon Vera. I think, like I said about Thomas Almeida and Rob Font, of that fight being a must-win situation for both guys, I think this is a must-win situation for Cheeto Vera. I think... I don't want to say his career is riding on this, but I honestly his think he, his, his career is riding on this fight. If he doesn't win this fight, it's over. It'll, you know, I know he's got uh, personal issues and family issues, and the guys uh, accomplished so much to be. Well, I mean, I know you guys remember that Davy Grant fight. Uh, that was, you know, even though Goddard fucked us, fucking. He's come a long way. <laughs> he's come a long fucking way since then, and he has to win this fight. And to beat a guy with the record of Douglas Silva, a guy that's only lost two fights, came into the UFC undefeated. Only losses are to to Kugov and Rob Font. To add your name to to add Douglas Silva, you know, as one of your victims is a big fucking deal, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So if he can get this win, solidifies his spot, he'll be right outside that top fifteen, and then maybe he will touch that top fifteen in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he will, my man. He's gonna he's gonna keep his Pepsi sponsorship you know what i'm saying bro you better win this fight so uh, my fighter to watch is marcelo gom look it's not often that you see a young exciting athletic heavyweight and i think uh the ufc found something here with this kid gom i know six and no never been past the two round mark and all this shit but so what so fucking what <laughs> so he can go past the fucking two minute mark this time and still win so remember when they told us not Kasim's never been past a minute 27 and then she won a <laughs> unanimous decision you know, you know? so so fucking what you know what i mean It'd be one thing if he went past the two-minute mark and he gassed, yeah, then... Then you, it would be alarming, but... Yeah, but to know. me, look, he's got great technique. I think he's going to go out here and knock out Tim Johnson. Marcelo Golm is my fighter to watch because, I mean, anytime you get a young athletic heavyweight, uh, you, you got to keep an eye out. And hopefully my boy Brandon Sales gets that UFC call soon. The UFC is in desperate need of heavyweight, so we'll take anyone. And Brandon Sales, you know, just got to win on the local scene here. In front of my boy Akon was at the uh, local fights and... Let's just say it got rowdy between the Hawaiians and uh, my fellow uh, African Americans. You can't put uh, you can't put us two in the same venue. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it gets super rowdy. <laughs> we were commentating the fucking fight in the crowd more than we were commentating the actual fight itself. You know, you know what, what I'm saying? saying? So uh, do not. Anytime there's Hawaiians and black people around, be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMA Genius 5 Follow us on Instagram at Best Fight Picks Official. We want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to this very special edition of Half the Battle. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up those five-star reviews on iTunes. And guys... 
if you hook up that five-star review, take a screenshot, send it to us, and we'll give you a free bet. We want those five-star reviews to start to pile up because, look, just like your favorite fighter, we want to hit that top 15. We want to hit that top 10 of the iTunes charts. So take a screenshot of that five-star review that you give us on iTunes, and we'll give you a free bet. And also, if you want more than just a free bet, you want... The real bets, you go to maxbetseason.com, you go to bestfightpicks.com, you sign up today, and, you know, if you want to get on track, you know what to do. If you're serious about making money this year, you need to sign up at bestfightpicks.com. Like I said, it's about to start heating up real soon, Max Bet season every week just about, and like I said, you know what the record is on Max Bets, on Consensus Max Bets, on my Max Bets, so uh, let's get it going. You know, and... You know, the first couple of events, this and that. But you and I knew going into it, the first couple of events had the potential to be shaky. But now, there's nothing shaky about this, bro. Because now, Max Bet season has officially started. Nico Price took care of biz. This week, we got a good underdog play. But next week, back at it again. Have a very, very nice Max Bet. But UFC Austin, that's when really... Uh, UFC Austin might be uh, double Max Bet season. If you don't sign up by UFC Austin... I if, Look... <laughs> UFC awesome, you guys better hop on because I'm going to make you a lot of money. And I don't just talk shit and, and say things. You know what I'm saying? I, I put my reputation back before we even started this. We put our reputations on the line every day. You know, you remember, you guys remember when I shit on Mickey Gall all over this podcast and said he didn't belong in the UFC and put my, my reputation on the line when he fought Randy reputation Brown. Reputation and bank exactly, account. Exactly. When I put $1,075 on Randy Brown in that spot when he was down two rounds against Mantanio. Randy Brown's a jobber. He has no ground game. In my worst case scenario, we win in his garden. We still beat him. You guys remember when I shit on Mitch Clark against Alex White? Minus 130. <laughs> Minus 130 and Alex White, you know, stiffing the boy up. You guys remember when I shit on Lewis Smoke on this show and Mateus Nikolai went out there and 30-25 them and 30-26 them? And dropped him three times in the first You guys week. remember when we shot on George Sullivan last week? Last cashed week. another consensus max bet winner? You guys remember when I put 10 units on a, a Chinese female debutant in China at 5 a.m. against Kylan Curran at minus 130? And then it got adjusted to minus 135. You guys still didn't take the bite. But what did I sit here and told you? I said Kylan Curran's a joke. She's a jobber. She's going to lose. She's a habitual loser. I told you that. We told you that. We max bet it. And, you know. If they I mean, want the long-term winning I mean, results, they know what to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and there's, there's plenty more, man. I told you Marcelo Gomes was going to fucking steamroll over fucking Colombo in his day. And, you know, people are like, oh, but obviously, well, he was minus 160. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, obviously my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all know what to do. Bestfightpicks.com, maxbetseason.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And make sure you let us know that you listen to today's episode so we can give you a serious sign-up discount, a sign-up bonus. You know what I'm saying? Because we want to work with you. We want you to be part of the team. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.